Holy Grail podcast. Howdy all, welcome back to the Holy Grail podcast. AFL semi-finals are in the books with even more controversy than the first week of finals. Rugby league is about to become interesting again after the season ran for eight weeks too many. I've got my trio of Don't Come Monday nominees, I'm coming off the long run again. Tom's got the insights to the cricket in England. We name our starting five athletes for the year and discuss our favourite beers at this moment. But firstly, welcome Tom, how are you mate? I'm excellent, thanks, Parks. Um, thanks for that's a wonderful intro. You're doing doing great work there. Um, thanks, mate. I've yeah, tracking along okay. Um, that's the way. Enjoying. I don't know. I'm really starting to get. You know, the AFL and NRL is really starting to hook me in. Obviously, this time of year, it's um yeah, it's Christmas time really. And oh, isn't it? as you said, there's plenty of uh, there's a bit of cricket going on around and. The England-India matchup has been an absolute cracker thus far. Um, Hasn't it? And also, I've just been tinkering away a fair bit of today, just looking at some rebranding of the Holy Grail podcast, trying to... Um, our media manager, or uh, social media manager, Zoe McFarlane, gave us a few um, recommendations about six months ago to <laughs> start, actually try and get our... Um, our social media pages to not look quite so shit and amateur so i've been tinkering around with that of uh yeah. taught myself how to do photoshop and so look big things coming keep an eye out for it um look shout out to zoe for getting on our backs because um you know tom and i like we think we know our, our heads around uh get our heads around social media but we're pretty awful at it um we don't keep up to date very much i reckon um, i average a out personally one and a half posts a year for the time that i've yeah. had facebook and about half a post a year for the time i've had instagram so it's not exactly yeah. a strong point of mine i'm a little bit more regular than that however i i have the editing skills of a caveman so um that's usually what my girlfriend helps me with and so <laughs> any advice from anyone is is actually great and zoe really wanted to jump on board and help us there so shout out to zoe um but tom I've had a look at the at the the prototype, yep. if you will, yep. uh, and it looks schmick. Yeah, I reckon it's just crisp. I reckon it's yeah. really quite crisp looking. And look, not to toot my own horn, I'm pretty happy with it. But I we'll, will be um, too. we'll let the Grailers decide what they reckon. And it may or may not be uh, leading to some possible merch too in the future. So if you're interested in some merch let us know i like it i uh, like it um let's let's just jump right in you reckon, yeah jump Tom? right in you reckon all right cool, so cool. i'm gonna jump in and i'm gonna run with uh our favorite beers at the moment we discussed this just off air just before um obviously you're still down in urana i'm in here in wollongong yep. we actually haven't seen each other in a while and haven't actually enjoyed a beer together it's, this it's is kind of our, actually, our social distancing beer it's um coming on three months i think You'd yeah, be, you'd be dying without me, brother. Well, I'm actually, I'm actually quite lonely, to be honest. <laughs> Tom, I, uh, 
I'm in my home by myself at the moment. Uh, it's nice and clean. I'll give myself that. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to stay clean because it's only me here and I kind of go, oh, that's pretty gross at the moment. Better clean up. <laughs> so it's not too bad. I've only got myself to blame. So, so in, uh, in short, it's all Wags' fault whenever it's dirty. It is. It is all <laughs> Wags' fault. I mean, you walk into his room, there's still Coke cans sitting on the, on the side of the bedside table there, but... Uh, apart from that, I'm I'm a little bit lonely. I'm I'm missing you boys, but Wags is back next weekend, so that's Ooh, uh, good nice. news. Nice. Um, I don't know when we're seeing you, but hopefully it'll be soon with uh, the introduction of mandatory vaccines for teachers, mate. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I am a strong supporter of it. I think yep. that look, if you were going to create a perfect environment to spread a bit of COVID around. A school environment, especially a high school environment with heaps of sweaty and gross boys trying to tackle each other the whole time and a little classroom full of 30 plus people, I reckon it'd be a pretty like well-designed environment as a super spreader. So I'm yeah. a big fan of it. I'm hoping everyone can just get on board and get a get the jab as they're saying and um, yeah. we can open things up and shit can go back to normal. Um, yeah, well, that's the plan. I mean, you look at it at the moment where we've, uh, I think we've just about hit 70% first dose, or we may have done it a couple couple of days ago here in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, and as most people know, it's three weeks for Pfizer, four weeks for AstraZeneca for your second jab. Yep. And uh, so that basically means, in short, we should be back to fairly normal stuff for the fully vaccinated in four weeks time i think um, i'm yeah i think i'm scheduled to be back at school at the latest by 10th of november or thereabouts 10th of so november, the last yeah. five or yeah. six weeks so yeah so thanks for joining the uh corona corona cast um yeah. hope you enjoyed <laughs> no no back to um back to your favorite back to what what's yours to. what's yours at the moment so uh here i'll let, let me just open one while i yeah. Um, yeah. so I've actually jumped on a bandwagon. I, I must say this is a, a, a Sam Price introduction. Okay. Um, okay. so thanks pricey, but tinnies, so only, only fairly new, I believe, but they've got the whole range. They, uh, they've got pale ale, hoppy pale ale, pacific ale, uh, XBA, IPA, and like a stout and they're all in tins. They're pretty funky looking. This one's a this one's the pale ale. It's I like a, them. A I've just got top, them up here. They're crisp, white bottom, crisp looking. I like it. Yeah, and they are delicious. My favourite is the hoppy pale ale, which is okay. the red one. Yep. Uh, I've I've ran out of them because you can only buy them in the six pack at the moment. And yeah. Okay. I've drank them okay. rather quickly. Yep. Um, if you're lucky enough, you might find the pale ales in a slab. Mm-hmm. But um, so I've got a few of them at the moment, but. I'll tell you what, it is a bloody good looking beer, Tom, and it tastes delicious too. So if uh, if you're around and you know you can find some tinnies, give it a try. It's not a bad, not a bad little shout. I what about you, Tom? have been a bit limited in the fact <laughs> that I actually have hardly bought any beers since I've been home. I've just been relying on whatever mum and dad bring home from the grocery store. So that's been, that's been not too bad. So um, Great Northern and maybe a little bit of Great Northern? No, I don't dad's like mum and dad don't mind a little little change up they're quite quite big fans of a 
sort of pale ale type beer. Um, For a Uranab, like that's a bit rare, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, it is a little bit. It is a little bit. And you've got to be very, very careful being remotely rare in a little place like Uranab. You've got to be very careful. <laughs> but um, might look at this sideways. Uh, one I've been loving lately is the Yender Pale Ale. Um, yes, I, I do know you. From like the Yender Brewing, Yender Brewing Company. Apparently it's about 60 bucks a slab. Um in like Sydney, Wollongong, etc. But um, because it's made in Griffith, it's cheap as chips back here. So That's forty-seven right. bucks a slab will get you a slab of pale ale, and yeah, they're quite a nice drop. So that one, That's along actually, with the along with the single fin that I haven't had for a little while, but it's always yeah, that's always good, a good drop beer. as well. Yeah, our footy clubs actually is it with Gage Roads? I'm pretty sure it is with it Gage, is Gage Roads. Roads Brewery. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, so we've actually got a little bit of a partnership with Gage Roads, which is pretty cool. Um, so all of our drinks that we get for Saturday and stuff are the cider and single fin, which uh, go down a treat after a game. Um, but yeah, no, I I think that at the moment there's so many of those little breweries that are just popping up and throwing parlors out there to see how they go mm. that it's actually fairly cheap it's more expensive yeah. to buy a slab of original great northerns than yep. it is to buy a slab of these tinnies yeah right um so right. you know it's a it's worth a shout it's worth a try uh if you like your parlor that's um, good gear good gear so yeah get onto it uh if you have your favorite beer that you want to send through <laughs> get us the try we'll try i'm happy to try them i've got nothing else to do yeah so <laughs> it's a bit like that at this stage um we've got yeah. nothing to do but follow sport and drink beer which is kind of perfect to be perfectly honest yeah yeah i mean apart from aside from the fact that i'm getting marginally fat um <laughs> it is it is quite the thing i do like doing that with my saturday but don't um, think don't think you're the only one in that boat brother no mate I, it's I um think so it's have been a lot tougher this second round of lockdown to um find that real motivation to be active i feel i think we've all just oh, got yeah. lockdown fatigue something shocking and it's just like oh yeah you just can't be bothered and the worst thing is too is the first thing that you want to do once lockdown ends is not go and exercise with your mates go to the pub <laughs> every drink single, more beer oh, and watch gets, more sport it gets to five o'clock every arvo and because you've spent the arvo in the house like you would most weekends body just yeah. goes like knee-jerk reaction oh fuck five o'clock yeah i need a beer need a beer i've yeah. earned this yeah. <laughs> i've earned this from today. my i've earned this from like... my 10 hours of sitting in front of my computer all day <laughs> i got home from work today did did a little bit of a weight session out in my homemade gym and then rather than having a protein shake i started cooking dinner and cracked a beer and went what am i doing <laughs> i just undid everything that i just did oh, but anyway man. that's that's neither here nor that's there. footy that's footy it is footy and uh anyway going on from last week i think we had a fairly good reaction to don't come monday yep. um so we're going to reintroduce that again straight out of the if, blocks if tom if tom might have any additions to this one he might just have some opinions to share for this yeah for this week. i'll just chime in as as i see fit so uh first one I'm going to start off. This one's a little bit iffy. Uh, it's a little bit. It's a little bit up in the air at the moment. But uh, basically, don't come Monday, Lockie Neal. Uh, he has yeah. reportedly requested a trade to Fremantle. Isn't that uh, a to go back shot? home? Um, which no one saw coming. Let's be fair. No. Um, so he's actually given himself the the don't come Monday. 
it, it, Brisbane's Brisbane's actually openly said we won't make him play out his contract. Blah blah blah. We're happy to find a, a deal for him. Yeah. Um. So they're playing. They're playing ball. But Lockie they also. Like, but they also <laughs> this morning said, "Well, fuck." When Fox Footy broke this last night, or bloody Tom Brown or someone, that it was yeah. the first that they'd heard of it. So <laughs> it's. <laughs> So, poor old Locks really stitched him up. Yeah, I reckon Chrissy Fagan might be sitting in his in his uh, shed. He's just cracked his third beard, just crying, watching the replay of, uh, of oh. Saturday night, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, and he just heard the news that his star players just said, "Ah, I think I'm gonna go back to Freo. Hey, <laughs> go back and play with Fifey. See if I can get that place on the map again." Well, um, so yeah, that midfield if they can get if they do get Neil which it looks as though they will and then they've got yeah. Walters and they've got Fife and they've got Young whichever Brayshaw's over there and they've got yeah. Caleb Sarong who won the Rising Star last year and had a really good season this year like I mean it's still Freo and you still can't imagine them being overly good but that's not a bad little midfield starting to come together oh no not at all it's uh it's it's quite an exciting midfield. Mm. Um, I just I need something up forward, and then we can uh, then we can really start being interested in Frio. I reckon it's it's hard um, to like, yeah, Frio. It's like oh maybe, and then it's like oh Matt Tabernar and uh, Rory Lobb up forward. Yeah, it's yeah. not quite not quite the same excitement levels. But look, good luck to them. So here's my advice, Frio. Uh, Bring back your retro jersey and make it a staple. Oh, that green. The green is so good. <laughs> and make it a staple and get yep. yourself a key forward. Yeah. Um, doesn't have to be a superstar, but just someone we can rely on and constantly think, hmm, they're a chance. And I will actually watch majority of your games, I promise. Except for when you play West Coast, because that's just... <laughs> yeah, it's not the worst shout, but at the end of the day, it's still going to be Freo, and they're still going to be playing at four forty in the afternoon on a Sunday, and it's still well, it's hard to get excited about. I, I agree with you. I hope that um, they kind of if they get Lockie Neal and they get a key forward, the AFL go hmm, that'll actually be a good team. Let's put them in the spotlight a little bit more. Yeah, uh, put them in those key times, and you know that's when you start watching Port play Freo, and you actually watch the game. And you actually watch that Freo actually pretty pretty good. So wasn't that wasn't that long ago that Port had tarps over the seats at um uh, where was it Amy Stadium? Uh, wasn't that long ago, and now they're packing out uh, Adelaide Oval, and this is true. The boys are up and about. So look, can happen. So it's there. Can happen. It can happen. Um, right. That's enough Freo content. That's enough for our company. They've <laughs> said enough. People are bored. Uh, next one. Don't come Monday, Nadia Bartel. Oh. Um, <laughs> Nadia and her nostrils. She, she, she had a big mad Monday compared oh. to some. So, um, yeah, look, there's not much to say there uh, apart from don't come Monday, love. Oh. Um, well, now, in I, a lockdown, I, get five of your friends over to share a bag. And I love how the whole, like, like all the um, quotes were, she was caught snorting a white powder off a plate. Like, come on. Everyone knows that's cocaine. You're allowed to say that it's cocaine. It's She's yeah. obviously not snorting um, 
Omo or something like that. <laughs> Shaking powder. Like, come on. Um, no, I, I um, look, the only thing I will say for her is she's openly admitted to it and she's come back and yeah. said, oh, I apologize for my actions. Don't get me wrong, it's it's not appropriate whatsoever, but it's, um, yeah, at least she came out and was, wasn't was like denying it. And yeah. Also, like, just a quick one on Nadia Bartel. Yeah. How is Nadia Bartel still relevant? I don't really know. Her oh, I thought Jimmy, that I thought that Jimmy and her were both, you know, 40s. Yeah. Um, turns well, out they're like late 30s, but still. But her and Jimmy have been broken up for about six years. Yeah. And she still refers to herself as Nadia Bartel, which, look, to me is just like, um, if you didn't want to be with him, I don't know if you can really keep referring to yourself using his last name because if Just you use relevant. your normal last name no one would have a fucking clue who you are that is very accurate i bit of a yeah. hot just a little take from mine it just it kept me up kept me up there the other night i was like why is she still nadia bartel clearly just yeah. so the herald sun can still write that she's brave and courageous and well, well not yeah. gonna lie i really had no idea who she was uh, because I couldn't give the slightest shit about Jimmy Bartel because he played for Geelong. Um, yep, fair. And so I kind of just assumed that they were together still. Yeah. And so maybe that's the assumption. Well, that's exactly what she's aiming for as well. I'm, I'm assuming that she's associated with Jimmy Bartel, but... I would have yeah. thought so, but yeah, um, anyway. But yeah, again. don't come Monday, Nadia. Uh, that was That was red hot, uh, but don't bother. <laughs> Um, Far out. And my final one, Tom, you'll appreciate this one. Yeah. Don't come Monday, Richard Pant. <laughs> <laughs> Reversing, reverse sweeping Jimmy Anderson <laughs> around the wicket on day four. Oh. Day four, day three. Day four. Yeah. They're trying to set a target. Crucial, crucial target about, to win the series. He's only about 45 batting with the tail, and he just walks at Jimmy <laughs> and then tries to reverse sweep him. Oh, come oh. on, Rashad. And you, do you know I what? know you're all about like aggressiveness and stuff like that, but that is just not it. No, nah, but <laughs> man, that wasn't even that wasn't even like an isolated incident. In oh, the no, last crazy. in the first innings, they were he came in, say they're five for a hundred or five for not that many anyway. Second yeah. ball, stroll straight down the pitch to I can't remember who was bowling. Might have been Overton or someone who's not overly quick. Don't get me wrong, but just strolls straight down the pitch and tries to bash him over his head. I think he just does not back himself to play the swinging ball at all. So he's just like, hmm, I'm just going to stroll out. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I'm only 12 meters away from the bowler, then it's pretty hard for the ball to swing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that you know a regular size pitch was as little time as I'd want to be <laughs> facing someone like Jimmy Anderson. Um, give me an extra five metres and I'd think about facing up. Give me an extra yep. 10 and I'd consider walking down the pitch just to oh. get to the length of the ball. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, it's one of the more interesting shots that I've ever seen played. Rashab um, is an absolute loose unit. Yeah, and you know what? Hats off to him because he plays his own game, and that is his own game. He kind yep. of he's not worried about the outside noise. He just plays the game how he wants to play. And he was on forty eight over in England. Uh, pressure was on him. 
Yeah. You got you got to pay uh, pay the dividends where it's due. And so, look, he lives by the side, dies by the sword. So good on you, Rishab, but far yeah. out. He is just a different cat. He is, he is a different cat. But um, uh, having said that, we did just like say I got on him for uh, playing his own game. But he, he got out at one of the most crucial times playing one of the dumbest shots I've ever seen in oh. international test cricket ever. So, but look, so in in, he actually did the same thing in India um, when England and India played earlier in the year and reverse swept Jimmy over the top of, like straight over the top of first slip, one bounce four. So he can do it, but yeah. it's, yeah, it's different. Um, I've just got one quick don't, Actually, no, it's along the lines of don't come Monday, but I think a couple of blokes actually should have shown their face on a Monday but weren't <laughs> deemed required to. So <laughs> we went on and on about the umpiring favouritism that Geelong seemed to get against Port. Yeah. Well, it was the same thing all over again against the Giants. But the two that stuck out to me was uh, Tom Hawkins clipping Lockie Whitfield over the back of the head clipping wasn't a whole life. lot of source it wasn't a whole lot of force behind it however he was about three to four meters off like away from Whitfield when he's taken the mark he has followed through and it's not like like I understand if you're a big hundred plus kilo man and you're running straight at someone who's dropped into the path of the ball yeah. that it might be hard to get out of the way sometimes like you can't just pull up on a dime but this one, he was nowhere near the contest. He just flung his arm out and intentionally like clipped him over the back of the head with a closed yeah. fist. So essentially punched him in the back of the head and got a 50 meter penalty. And Michael Christian at the match review panel or whatever, match yeah. review office said, nah, no case to answer for. Yeah, right. You know, and you know what my theory is for that yeah. too, Tom? We, yeah, I'll, we'll discuss me. it again. But my theory is, is that Lockie Whitfield wasn't injured from yep. the incident which is the literally the basis of the afl match review panel over the last five oh, years yeah is sure people are condemned on the injury they like so if i bump someone and they lost momentum and did their acl i'd be more like i'd be in strife yeah more likely than what tom hawkins would have been because Lockie whitfield got straight up Lockie Whitfield went down with a concussion, had to leave the ground. He would have been gone for three weeks. The bit that was that really annoyed me from that action was that it was deliberate. Like yeah. he oh. had no reason to put his hand to hit, make any contact with Whitfield, and he yeah. just hung that arm out and punched him in the back of the head for no reason. Anyway, insufficient force apparently, so he gets off, and then Selwood late in the game, uh, high fend off, so. He's got the ball tucked under his arm and stuck his elbow straight up into the face of Josh Kelly. Yeah. Um, it looked eerily similar to one that Toby Green did on Paddy Dangerfield less than a month ago. And oh he God. got a week. Yeah. But apparently because Kelly didn't go to ground or have to go off, again, on the result, not the action even though I think Selwoods was more of a deliberate and high-raised elbow than, uh, than Green. Anyway, so no case to answer. So just where's the consistency? I don't know. Joel, I Selwood. Joel Selwood is the biggest flog oh. in the AFL 
in AFL history. He is a flog. If you want to come and talk to me about this, go ahead. He is a flog. He, like numerous times on that night against GWS, he would like just do a sly little elbow to the guts to someone who's not even like playing on him. There was an incident there where Phil Davis gave away, it was, I think it was in the first quarter, Phil Davis gave away a holding free kick. It was stiff, but it was there, okay? He's gone up to the umpire with arms up going, come on, that was nothing. And Joel Selwood, as he's running past, no need to, elbow straight to the ribs. Yeah. Like, fuck off, dickhead. You have no right to be anywhere near that. You are basically the worst player in that Geelong list at the moment because you're barely averaging 15 disposals a game, playing 95% of your time in the midfield. It's just fuck off, all right? <laughs> I'm so sick of him. He's such a flog. He, yeah. <laughs> I'm not holding back not on wrong. him. You're not <laughs> so, um, I, look, yeah. I, I'm all for physicality, and if someone's tagging you and ha- hanging on to you, yep. giving them one just to get them off you and say, I'm here, all for it. But dog shots that just have no influence on yourself or the game yeah in such an in such a vulnerable state arms up into the ribs that's like running but that that can properly hurt someone for a game and yeah. you're just like careless and just it's just stupid for someone that's had so much respect yeah. given to him throughout his afl career he is a fuckwit and i'm I sorry i think that's what really annoyed me about the hawkins one as well was that yes there was like there was no need. It was off the ball. There was just yeah, no need for it to yeah. happen. Um, yeah. But see, this is the thing. It's the, it's the consistency that this happens at. Like, you know, we talk about how Toby Green's rough and everything like that. That's because he consistently does this. Where is this for Patrick Dangerfield, for Joel Selwood, for Tom Hawkins, for anyone? A buddy should get it as well. Yeah. Just because they're AFL royalty doesn't mean shit. You... Put your body on the line and in a game of AFL, and someone just when you're vulnerable most is going to put that at risk. You sh- like those people shouldn't be getting any sort of respect for that. So that's my opinion, Tom. That's my little rant. <laughs> so, long story short, uh, Joel and Tom should have been rolling into the tribunal on Monday. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they, they weren't. Been. So but they weren't. <laughs> We've got to move on, and uh, that's probably a good lead into uh, game number one of the AFL. Um, Cats and Giants. So the Cats and Giants, which, let's be honest, um, was always going to happen uh, with Toby and Jesse Hogan both being. I mean, Toby was out anyway, but um, Jesse Hogan a late out that really stung and just had no no forward presence, um, which just shows the importance of. And how good Toby Green is for that side. Yeah. Um, so, um, and not only Toby, like uh, Hogan was so important in the match against Sydney. He took yeah. seven contested marks, yeah. which is just he gives he gave them that bailout kick, that long down the line, just dump kick. Yeah. They didn't have that without him. There was a lot of pressure that fell onto Himmelberg. Was pretty much their only forward their only forward yep. target and he is undersized to be that main forward um yep. and so the only way the giants were really gonna compete i think was if himmelberg had an absolute blinder and yeah. you know had yeah, 20, and like, had 20 odd and kicked four or five 
he was well every time the ball came in he was three or four on one um yeah. he only had a like, full of touches and maybe kicked one but yeah mate he's got potential like um yeah harry's a a, a very talented player and i think he's got a lot of potential in that side but yeah, you put him one out for the whole of the GWS forward line against some pretty good defenders in Geelong. Uh, it's just not going to happen for you, unfortunately. Um, and, yeah, I think that was just pretty much it. I mean, yeah. the blokes who you expected to sort of stand up, like the Geelong forward line somewhat clicked. Hawkins was okay. He had five. Um, how you kicked five in the end, did yeah, he? Did. Yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. I haven't got the stats in front of me. Yeah, no. I was, Cameron I kicked a couple. Um, Gary Rowan kicked a couple as well. So they're yeah. the. I mean, they rely so heavily on those three. Like the, mm-hmm. I think against Port Adelaide, those three were all fairly quiet, and then their small forwards with uh, close um, Brian Myers and Luke Dalhouse, who yeah. got dropped for this game, but they scored two points between all three of them or something yeah, so yeah. they're so reliant on those three if they don't fire and they don't really kick many midfield goals either no they don't Selwood doesn't kick goals Danger doesn't kick many yeah um, Menengola kicked a couple on the weekend but yeah they struggle for like they rely so heavily on those forwards um, I will say I this. Think this I think this game went pretty well as expected yeah I think so uh, I will say this there is one bloke uh, that I do like from Geelong and that's Cam Guthrie He's a superstar, that fella. He is so yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, and then Zach Tui as well. Zach Tui had a ripping game off that halfback. They missed him against Port week one yeah. and yeah. came back and he was so instrumental off that halfback flank, just directing play, getting the, getting the yeah. ball moving forward. Um, just a bit of... Yeah, they're so... They just seem to be so slow and like their ball movement just had, doesn't have any like energy or yeah. pace about it. Yeah. But, um, Tui's the sort of bloke who can break that game open. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a big um, loss for them, though. Uh, Parfit is is out for the season. We'll have yeah. surgery over in Perth. Um, yeah. So he's done. Um, but, you know, that's something that they can fill pretty easily. I mean, Luke Dalhouse comes in. That's not a... Or Sean Higgins. Sean Higgins, Higgins yeah. has yeah. missed out the last couple of, last couple of games. Um, yeah. Yeah, so they should be able to cover that one. Um, Asavarada Galea came in and looked all right too. Yeah. He's a big body. He's tough to match up on. Yeah. Um, so that was something else for them. He like he just looked like he had much more impact on the game than someone like a Dowhouse has yeah. recently. And I don't mind um, them throwing him down deep and having yeah. Tommy Hawkins come up as a leading forward at half forward as well. Um, yeah. And then having Jezza deep as well. So you've got a leading target and someone to bomb on their head because Jer- let's be honest, Jeremy Cameron's not very good in a contested mark, but out in front he's pretty hard to stop. Um, oh, very hard to stop. So yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Geelong's going to be um, Melbourne Geelong next week's going to be a uh, good matchup. Melbourne with the week off, I think you know they probably still get it done fairly comfortably. Um, as far as the Giants as well. Yeah. Um, made it bundled out in a semi-final what do you think your thoughts on their sort of season how would you rate that to be to be fair tom they've uh they've done everything that they probably could uh, i think yep. that that's probably you know that was semi-finals were probably their peak 
um, yeah. I think realistically, and I think they've yeah. overachieved because I think you know they probably they'll probably weren't even aiming for uh, a first round win. So uh, I mean, obviously it would have been aiming, but that realistically thinking, you know, especially after the start of their season, uh, leaving, losing Cogs early. Um, yep. I think that you know realistically they were thinking we might not even top, make top eight here. Um, so I think they've done done fairly well for themselves. Uh, one thing to note though, I think that uh, they'll need to chase with a little bit of money is Harry Perryman. Um, he has had an absolutely yep. ripping year this year, yep. and uh, word on the street is that he might be. You haven't heard it here first, but I reckon he might okay. be shopping himself in Melbourne a bit next year. Okay. Okay. So Interesting. That's just um, one to keep an eye out for. They've had to throw a lot of money. I believe that Hops is expected to sign very soon, mm-hmm. um, and so he will. Well, he'll have to demand some money because he could go to any club, and um, they would get, like he'd get money anywhere. Oh yeah, competition. Yeah. Um, and Perryman, yeah, he might just be down that pecking order. Something else for the Giants. I think, well, I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah. Stephen Canelio, is he becoming a bit of a liability? Yeah. He got signed on a big contract uh, or two years ago, maybe. Announced captain. Um, they really, like, I know he's so, so well-liked and loved inside the group. Yeah. But his footy has been mediocre. I know he's had a lot of injuries. Yeah. But he looked... He, I haven't seen him play a good game of footy probably in nearly two years. I think that What are your thoughts on him? I think that he's worth shopping around at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Throw him in, in trade ideas. I think at the moment, to be fair, Giants have a great foundation of midfielders and young midfielders at the moment if they can hang yeah. on to Pez and, and Hopper yeah. and stuff like that. I think that... That is a great uh, basis to have. Yep. Your captaincy role, you'd have to look into that. I'm not sure where that would be filled if you if you got rid of Cogs. But yep. um, my biggest thing for Geelong, we've harped on it for the last two weeks, is they don't have a key forward, a genuine, a Jeremy Cameron replacement. They got rid of Jeremy Cameron, never got much back in return, and though they didn't get anything in return, he signed. Um, yep. But they needed to fill that void. And yep. without that, they haven't been able to um, to click in that forward line. You know, Harry Himmelberg, he's going really well. Jesse Hogan had a great year when he was around. Um, and Toby Grant's only probably the best small games. forward in in the yep. competition. Um, but no key forward. They just need that there. dump kick, really, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, they exactly. They don't have anyone for that dump kick. Exactly now, what right. they did do when they got rid of Jeremy Cameron, they freed up much needed cap space if they were to for instance offer offload a Cornelio that would do the same and then all of a sudden they've all of a sudden you can keep Perryman and Hopper um, and you might be able to like get a decent key forward as well yeah Um, so whether like with all these young kids coming in whether it is time for them to just bite the bullet and go like yeah we need to go younger or, you know, Cornelio. Um, Phil Davis was a late in, but he's been really struggling to get a game. Like I thought he played go, fairly those well on the weekend. I thought he was solid as well. Um, um, but I, Whether it's worth 
shifting them out, whether they think they've got enough leadership and enough old heads yeah. in the likes of Hopper and Himmelberg and um, these types. I so suppose they've got to think of it to see. on a culture uh, basis as well yeah. because, you know, the culture, if they want to keep their culture that they've got there, they're keeping Phil Davis and, and Cogs around because that's what where they've built it from. But um, in terms of, yeah, I think if they freed up Cogs, they'd be able to sign a fairly good pairing of, you know, a half-back mid and a key forward. Um, and I think that that would be a really, really good option for G- uh, GWS. Have, we haven't, I don't think we've ever spoken about this much, but imagine if Buddy signed, Buddy Franklin signed with GWS. Oh, way I back, reckon, like, and this might be a, a hot take, but I reckon yep. GWS would have a flag or two if that happened. Jeremy Cameron and Buddy together down yep. the forward line, yep. the basis of their um, their midfield makeup. Throw that in against that uh, that Richmond team. That Richmond that's a much even more even matchup just by one yep. player. I know that's blowing oh, yeah. wind up his ass, but it just opens oh, the game up so much. He's probably he's the top. He'll be in the top five players that we'll ever see. I reckon. Yeah, hundred oh, percent. So I reckon that's like without. He's probably the top one or two. Maybe Dusty's up there. Yeah. Um, with him, but as far as like we've like we've seen thus far, they're the two. So yeah. Look, he'd have to have a have to have a big influence. But yeah, yeah. Um, um, move on to the next game. Yeah. And actually, we just wanted to um, before we forget, this is a hot yeah. take that I saw uh, pop up. I think it might yep. have been on my Instagram, but um, Kane Corns has come out and stated, <laughs> "Move over, Dusty Martin. The the new face of the AFL is here, Bailey Smith. Bailey Smith, ice in his veins. Turn what off. What did you Kane. think of the turn yeah. off? Don't come Monday, champ. I forgot about him. You know what though? I've whenever I talk footy with Megan." We just, you know, the Bulldogs might be yeah. on or whatever. And she's like, oh, how's Bailey Smith going? And I'm like, yeah. oh, he's been okay. And she's like, God, I hope he doesn't go that well because all I will see on my TikTok, Instagram stories, <laughs> everything <laughs> will just be Bailey Smith love from oh. these, like everyone from 17 to 14. Yeah. Um, girls in that age group, they just absolutely froth him. So look, I can sort of, Kane has some sort of point. That's a better... Bet, that's a better call than what he usually comes up with. Oh, yeah, um, look, tip of the hat to but, Kane for Kane. Oh, but that's just Kane being Kane. Really. Yeah, it is. It I is. think I think he's still a fair while off being the new face of the league. Oh. However, look, he come up clutch. He did. He come up clutch on the weekend. He did. Actually, let's talk about that. So, obviously, um, the, the goal that he kicked to put... Uh, Western Bulldogs up by seven points at that point. Um, it was a left foot. It was a it was a bloody good goal. I'll give him that. It's on his full tilt on the left. On his, on his left, on his opposite foot. Yeah. It was good. What do you think about the ice in the veins uh, celebration to the Brisbane crowd at the Gabba? Oh, I was I was thinking this, and my knee jerk reaction was, oh, you fucking flog like. Yeah. I oh, don't do that shit like blah 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 that was my initial reaction Agreed. being you know uh, 
you know, growing up with Aussie sport, Aussie media the whole time. Fairly modest. I've heard a fair bit, like I've been really smashing podcasts lately. Yeah. And I've heard a fair bit of chat, like the Aussie media is so quick to cut people down and to stop people from showing personality and like being themselves and being remotely different. Whereas American um, sport and the personalities of the sportsmen, like you've got to be a personality. You've got to be a personality because you're the brand like yeah that's how you make your money yeah. that kind of gear so look initially my knee-jerk reaction was oh, fuck off but then i just went oh you know what it's new age footy like what is he 21 or 20 or something um he's just he has iced the game like yeah. if steph curry hits that shot and does that celebration it's, then you just everyone's bowing down to him steph is king yeah um but bailey smith you know running full tilt on the left and he was like he worked hard to get to that spot too yeah there was a contest in the middle he worked way harder than anyone else from either team to get front and center spot and then to finish it on your left like that was that was pretty clutch yeah i did love seeing love seeing about 25 um just birds being flicked to him from brisbane fans though yeah that was pretty good gear but i i feel like um i think that you've explained that as well as you possibly could have that's exactly what i thought um initially i was obviously i had a multi on uh the weekend it's gonna get me 450 bucks i just needed brisbane to win um which sucked but i actually did have a good day on the pump that day so i was all right uh, but uh i initially did think the same thing you're an arrogant prick piss off go home you're in your bloody what second or third year second year and you're doing shit like that like get out of here but the more i think about it the more i think well he's just iced that and that's all that sport is sports about moments like that like overcoming adversity like shit like that It, it it's moments like that that we'll remember for ages and I, that's why I've, I've written down here it's a game for the ages it's shit like that that we'll remember in three years time when we go oh, remember that prelim uh that semi-final between brisbane and, and western bulldogs that was unreal so and do you know what's interesting as well so he's kicked that goal with what i don't know was there less than two minutes or something yeah, to go, like 140 you Zach Bailey has also kicked a goal after that and yeah. was it that young lipinski or someone who actually kicked the point to put them ahead like oh, i can't remember yeah, yeah it doesn't matter but the bulldogs obviously kicked the point yeah that wasn't actually the last play of the game like he didn't actually ice it no and he didn't actually but everyone will go wow that was one of the greatest finals ever yeah in the afl like one of the greatest that we'll ever see yeah they'll be playing they'll be replaying that on fox footy for 50 years to come yeah and the main highlight of that will be bailey smith with ice in his veins yeah so and i you know like, what i'm as far as a, for from a marketing perspective like he's just his value is just going to skyrocket and everyone's going to keep remembering like fuck how good was that bailey smith goal yeah. on his left yeah and and it's shit like that that gets people like kane corns saying stuff about him yeah. like he's the next dusty he's the is a face of the afl and it I think that if the AFL want to make the game more international, internationally recognised, 
that's the way it's got to go. It's got to be players like Petrarca, who's like a nice Nike athlete, yeah. and yeah. and stuff like that that advertise themselves in a way that yeah. it's global. It's not just what the fuck is this weird game. So and, and it is it is so much harder to do. Obviously, basketball court you've got you've only got five blokes on a court mm. and. Generally, there's two players on a team who count. Yeah, the spotlight's on them always. If if it's more than one. Um, But I actually wanted to talk about uh, a 50-50 call made by the umpire there with about 40 seconds to go, which actually led to that behind kicked by that Western Bulldogs player. Yeah. It was a block in the ruck, Mm. in the centre bounce, Blocks in a ruck contest are so hard to judge, I think. I think that, you know, as a ruckman, you have the right to protect your space, okay? If you put yourself in a position to win, to protect yourself or protect the other player from touching the ball, that's well rucked. That's good positioning. That's well played. Play on. This happened in the ruck contest there. They both, they didn't jump. Uh, the Western Bulldogs, sorry, the Western Bulldogs ruckman jumped, but um, the Brisbane ruckman ran over and over to his side and kind of protected the space. Yeah. And that was called a block. Mm. Now, the Western Bulldogs player actually got the tap. Yeah. But it was still a block. That is a 50-50 call that with 40 seconds to go, the game all tied up, you just can't be making You've got to yeah. let shit like that slide. Yeah. It's like, and we spoke about it a, a bit on like with the G, Geelong GWS game. The game felt like it was getting played on a whistle the whole time. Yeah, just and let the boys play. Just let the boys play. It's in, it's entertaining when it's hot footy. Yeah. That whole game of Brisbane and Western Bulldogs, that whole last quarter, yeah. was severely entertaining because the whistle wasn't blown. Yeah. It was just free-flowing footy. It was free-for-all, and I loved it. I loved yep. watching it. And I think the umpires did a great game, a great job in that game, actually, yep. until yep. that last 40 seconds, that decision in the middle. it I don't want to say it cost Brisbane the game, but yep. it's it hurt them severely because it just it was a kick into the forward 50 with 40 seconds to go. You just got to score. Yep. And uh, that's what happened. And so... Um, yeah, it's it was disappointing to see the game end because of a 50-50 call made yeah. in the inside. Granted, you know what? It probably was a block in in the rule book. Yeah. But you, I think you I think it's the AFL. The AFL's got to bring in that you just got to let that shit slide sometimes and let the boys run. Um, I don't know. I get, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I think someone else who was like I just read I wasn't watch like i watched the game and i was intent on the game but i wasn't watching it as closely as some clearly because someone reckoned that um lewis young in the ruck stepped outside of the circle like seven times like you know you're not yeah, allowed right. to step out of the circle but like that was a like you know they're minute little calls that by the rule book should have been picked up but yeah. no one can really see him it's not really and it doesn't really affect the flow of the game like just yeah let it go yeah i think yeah especially in finals like it's the same thing with in the rugby league with state of origin when the refs always seem to put the whistle away in state of origin and those couple of times that they didn't a couple of years back 
the game was the games were shit to watch. Everyone hated yeah. it. Everyone blew up. No one remembers. No one really remembers the calls that they that they don't give. People yeah. only ever remember the ones that they do give. So I think just less is more. Put the whistle away, lads. I think so. I um like as much as you know, we, I don't want to be dissing the umpires like we have been over the last couple <laughs> of weeks. We constantly say like you've got to respect the umpires, but it's just it key decisions at yeah. like and you know um, in a lot of sports that you can work off a bad call like it's not too bad yeah. a game like that in the center bounce with 40 yeah. seconds ago a game like afl yeah. that is game breaking yeah it's one blow of the whistle it's just yeah just let it go um, um anyway i think we've spoken about afl enough tom well um, do we want to give a quick preview or do we want to give a preview on like thursday or friday night when the team's coming up I reckon we do that on Thursday, right. Friday cool. night. We'll keep on keeping on them. We've obviously got Melbourne and Geelong on Friday and Port and the Dogs on Saturday. So yep. tune in for that one. We'll come in for a, a pre-prelims quickie. Um, I like that. Hopefully I'll record this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, well. Um, the NRL. NRL. Now, NRL I got into a little actually... bit of a um, a little bit of an online joust with Pricey. Um, yeah, I could imagine. He, he said, gave, he gave me the something along word. the lines of, is there any danger of actually talking about the NRL? And I did say, when something happens, we'll talk about it. And he said, well, you know what? It's finals, so you should probably talk. So here we are. Well, I'm happy to talk about it now because, uh, like I said in the intro, it went eight weeks too long. I'm sorry, you've t- there's so many games in the last five rounds that just no one gives a shit about mm-hmm. like it's just blend into everything it's a bit like the bbl we spoke about this in the bbl yep. quite a bit when it was happening blender colors um, blender colors it's just it's just meh <laughs> i don't want to watch it um, um but uh yeah we're leading into finals we've got a couple of pretty good finals games that are going to come so I'm, I'm actually excited to watch the nrl this weekend so um well i think we'll do in part of our uh quickie yeah we'll do uh do an nrl as one as well uh, sounds good combine them together yeah um because i think that we can talk about the those games and actually go into a bit of detail about them so it'll actually it. be entertaining for you lee boys i love it so there was actually a little bit that happened in um in round 25 that happened god that's a lot of rounds <laughs> Fuck, that's right. um, <laughs> so thursday night the green machine the mighty mighty Canberra raiders had the chance to make finals if they knocked off roosters it was dead simple winning you're in and yep. it was i'm pretty sure like more or less even at halftime they might have roosters might have scored a late try just before um the halftime whistle to go like 20 to 16 ahead and yep. so the Raiders, you know, season on the line. What are they going to do? They're going to come out after halftime? Nah, didn't leave the sheds. 40 to 16. Ricky Stewart's losing his brain. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's quite a, a, a tough one for Raiders because, you know, the Roosters are probably that team that you could beat quite comfortably. But they are still a the good injuries. team but they're still a good team and you've got to really bring your A game and 
yeah, they didn't. <laughs> the Raiders, so. on the other hand, like there are, there's definitely been some shit going on behind closed doors, but they have been yeah. one of the most disappointing teams for the year. Yeah. I would have thought. I was um, looking at the bloke in a bar yep. Instagram post that they had um, yep. their predictions for the year. Both of them had Raiders top four. Yeah. So, um, and I think I think a lot of rugby league followers, experts, did have Raiders top four. Yeah. Um, so for them to yeah. Then you see out on finals completely, pretty disappointing. And um, yeah. the Sharks are in the same boat. So the Sharkies, tough assignment. Storm yeah. on a Friday night. They've gone down 16 to 28. Um, yeah. look, the Storm are a good team. Pappenhausen fired again. He went over with a hat trick. Um, yeah. But at How are they stage, playing that, that Nico Hines, Pappenhausen? Well, uh, they've gone Pappenhausen at the back at fullback and Munster's yep. been out and I think Munster may be out um, for the final me. first week of finals but yeah as we say we'll see what happens Thursday or Friday um, see yep. what comes out but yeah so they've been playing Nico Hines at number six um, just pretty much a straight swap for uh, for Munster be very interesting to see how they do that how they end up going with that though Pappenhausen's been like he had that got that huge head knock um, yeah, against the Dragons sick. months ago that was sickening and he missed a big chunk of footy has been playing the last maybe three weeks and been look pretty poor by his high standards especially given yeah. the start of the year and in the time that he was out Nico Hines was arguably the best player in the comp he was yeah. very very good so then Nico's been it's a shafted. good problem to have though oh yeah so I don't know exactly how Craig Bellamy's going to um, shape it up for finals. However, it is Craig Bellamy, so yeah, you'd think yeah, he'd be able very, to come up with something. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But So the Sharks at this stage were still in the top eight. Um, yeah. And then uh, we'll maybe gloss over these ones. Panthers whacked the Eels. Like, yeah. The Eels was... were up and about because they beat Storm last week, but... Yeah, it's an interesting one because the a lot of people kind of went, oh, the Eels might show something here. Like they've had back to back top two teams, so they've they've come like they've had to come home with a wet sail to really hold their position up in in the top of top um, top five. But uh, they just couldn't back do it back to back and they ended up getting absolutely pumped by Panthers so and um, it's a just, it just shows what their season has been like to be honest and again the massive gap between the top three maybe four um, uh, top four probably now with the Seagulls coming in in hot form and then yep. I don't know maybe the Roosters might be a chance but I just think that the Eels and then the Knights um, they're going to finish seventh but They've gone down to the Broncos, which is yep. a great tune-up coming into finals, going down to the Broncos, who have been awful yep. all year. However, um, big positive, Anthony Milford played really well. He's been near best on for the Bronx the last two games, and he's Lovely. coming to the Mighty Rabbitohs next year. So <laughs> he's just, just finding some form and some confidence right at the right time. So hopefully he can bring that in and slot in as... Adam, he and Adam Reynolds are pretty much going to be a straight spot, I think. Um, so you'd hope that the Rabbits aren't paying much money for Milford, but 
Mm. He can just slot in with a bit of confidence. He might be not a bad little pickup. Anyway. Well, Tom, as you know, I'm actually, I don't have a, a team that I support in the NRL. Jump on the rabbits. Come on. Jump Um, on the rabbits. But what I have decided is that this postseason I'll choose my team. Okay. Um, Okay. I'll watch, I'm going to watch all the games. Yep. And I'm going to like really watch them and just pay attention to which team I like the most. Yep. Um, My two exceptions, I'm never going for the Roosters. Yep. And I'm never going for the Storm. So uh, it's out of the other six. So I think that I've made a pretty good decision there. Um, I think so. I think so. So I do like I do like the Roosters. I used to like the Roosters as well, yep. but Sam Price has Price just, tarnished, just yeah. tarnished me, and I, yep. I can't I can't do it. <laughs> so don't do it to yourself. Um, so yeah, no, I I'm I'm excited to make that decision. Uh, but moving on the sea eagles have trounced the cowboys and this is actually an interesting thing that i saw along with that uh yep. bloke in a bar post is that they both had cowboys as the the unpredictables the ones that could just be top eight material yeah um and they, they were so far from it they were what's amazing is that in this game they were right in it up until about the 65th 70 min- 70th minute and yeah. then the seagulls just turned it on um turbo i'm pretty sure might have scored another hat trick i'm not sure he yeah. scored heaps of tries actually he scored that one. was he scored I'll one where he beat he did score a hat trick um he scored one where he beat nine cowboys defenders in one it's run. just ridiculous, isn't it? Shrugged off nine defenders to get to the line. He is incredible at the moment. And Ruben Garrick, my mate from the uh, Little Prince Toilets, um, we were best <laughs> mates for about two minutes while we chucked a piss together. He has actually broken the record for the most amount of points ever in a season and the yeah. first player ever to crack 300 points. So. Yeah. I think he's ended up with about 22 or three tries and a shit ton of conversions as well. So, yep, good on you, Rubes. Good on him. <laughs> he's uh, Rubes. Yeah. No, he has done well. Uh, that is a season for the ages, to be to be fair. It's, um, he's had a ripping year at Manly. And, and um, the Seagulls have filled some shoes there while Turbo's been missing. Yeah, on, for sure. On rare occasions, and the Seagulls so. have slid up into fourth place as well. So... They will yeah. take on the Storm first round. and Yeah, tough matchup. I don't know if you've listened much to the Harley Sport boys, but they are unbelievably biased Seagull supporters. They're very <laughs> open to it. Um, yeah. And they are pretty confident. They are pretty confident that the Seagulls can get over the Storm, which would yeah. be huge if they could knock them out, knock them over first week of finals. So... Keep that an eye out be, for that. That would be very, very interesting. That would throw... And I'd love to see that because then it wouldn't be purple and pink in the grand final. Yeah, so, and that's all we um, want to avoid. That's that's <laughs> the avoidable, uh, if we can. Um, uh, Rabbitohs have gotten over the Dragons. The Dragons have the biggest fall from grace in NRL history, yep. um, I believe. I don't, I don't know exactly what the stat is, Um 
some of the diehard Red V fans might be able to tell me. They might not because they might be still a bit sad. Pretty much. Um, they were somehow going okay and now they've ended up going <laughs> they were, they were fucking sick. <laughs> they were sick. Like, remember when we looked when the barbecue yeah. happened and yeah. there were sticks and we were like, what? <laughs> and now they're, what are they now? They're, they're 11th. Yeah. So I think um, 11th is pretty good for them. Too. And they've gone down to the Rabbitohs twos on the weekend as well. The Rabbitohs missing yeah. Cam Murray, Cook, Walker, Reynolds, um, and Burgess and a couple others as well. Obviously the Trey Mitchell out. Side. Um, so... Yeah, pretty much more than half of their starting lineup weren't there, and the yeah. Rabbitohs still got up. Um, and then this was an interesting one on Sunday night. So absolute blockbuster games the NRL have scheduled here. So the Titans and the Warriors <laughs> and the Tigers and the Bulldogs, absolute <laughs> blockbusters. And the scoreline suggested, although it didn't go the way that most people probably would have thought. So the first one, so the Titans needed to win this by about, I don't know, I think it was about 16 points to scrape into eighth, eighth place and kick out the Sharks. Yeah. And they have yeah. they just showed up and they got their largest win ever, biggest winning margin ever, yeah. 44 to nothing over the Warriors. Um, there was a bit of biff in this one too. Did you see any of those replays, Parks? I have not, no, I don't remember even thinking about no, watching the trust me. I don't even know if I knew it was on you did not miss anything <laughs> um, just a couple of big dum-dums Kane Evans and Matt Lodge who were just absolute grubs and Matt Lodge is yeah not a hate, hate that dude but anyway um, they came over <laughs> the top and just tried to throw some punches so at one stage the Warriors had three sent off so it was 10 men against 12 men um so that was interesting for about 10 minutes and that was the only 10 minutes that was worth watching um well so i mean Titans scrape into eighth place talking about this well uh the bulldogs got over the tigers which i never saw coming 38 to nothing yeah. um tigers obviously already had their mad monday and and rocked up pissed um that was <laughs> and the bulldogs were just priming so <laughs> they were red hot yeah, the so, bulldogs um, were getting ready they were peaking just before finals it just yeah unfortunately for them it was only the second win of the year that they managed to chalk up i'm pretty sure so rough it was a good win but you got a great win something. um so um Nick Meany, i actually saw this oh, the yeah, other day yeah. um a sports bet and oh, you know you never trust sports bet yeah, in tab yeah. But someone, they posted that someone had picked Titans to win to, to, uh, to nil yep. and Bulldogs to win to nil and put a dollar on it and pulled out like 15 grand or something. Yeah. Was, yeah. That's, yeah, that's some crazy psychic shit. Yeah. Right that there. is, that's, um, look, good on him. Good on him. Look. Look, I had no success with Park's pay packet, but maybe I've just got to go there. I tell you what, like I tell you who, just quickly, um, I tell you who did, oh, who was yeah. successful for us, though. Oh, don't doubt Dory. He, yeah. I reckon he's the spiritual mascot leader of the Holy Grail yeah. podcast. You if, um, gave me the quick... If you've got a sports bet yeah. account, black booking, yeah. please. Don't doubt Dory. He, uh, he had a good win, race nine at the Valley on... Uh, on Saturday afternoon, Eight, six, seven bucks. I, uh, I actually, it was quite a coincidence. I was sitting here enjoying myself. Pricey mentioned that he was on Tory Joy, um, 
Tori Joy was, I think, the second favorite or something like that. Don't doubt Dory was third favorite, something like that. I can't remember. And um, I thought I, it just came up on the screen. Don't doubt Dory. I was like, oh, I've got to tell the boys. Let's get on it. Uh, Ten bucks. Same race multi had top three for both Tori Joy and uh, Don't Doubt Dory. 135 bucks. Thank you very much for coming. Thanks for coming, baby. Um, uh, no, it was first, second pairing, so I definitely could have gone and got a lot more money, but I uh, was pretty happy with that pull, to be you'd, fair. You'd laugh all the way to the bank with that sort of stuff. Exactly. Um, I just went, exactly. uh, I went an each way bet on him. I think it was seven bucks to... Oh, I put like seven bucks to win and two bucks to place or something. Something random. Yep. And took home Love about it. 48 bucks, which is nearly enough for a slab of tinnies. So, look, it was well, it was successful. It was successful. Exactly right. No, I, um, I'm glad because I don't, I've been doing a lot of depositing and not a lot of withdrawing. So, I'm going to keep this money in my sports bet account. I've got 190 odd. I had a little win on the multi in the AFL. Yep. Uh, but I've got 190 odd in there, so I'm, I'm pretty happy to keep that in there and just keep on keeping on. Um, but I think that's enough for NRL. I think we gloss over cricket, Tom. I know gloss over, yeah, yeah. I can. I mean, I could talk for three hours, but I think we already have. I, I think we've already well passed the hour mark. So um, yeah. just quickly, there's the England-India test match, which is set up to be an absolute cracker. England are currently yeah. one for 104. They need 264 runs to win. This is genuinely like on a knife's edge. Normally, like the last few times England have been in a similar-ish position, they've chosen just to try and block it out. No interest in getting them. But they've got Darwood Milan, Joe Root, Ollie Pope, Bairstow, Moen Ali, and Chris Wokes, who can all dash a bit with the bat. So I would love to see them have a bit of a crack at this total. Um yeah, and if they yeah. could get it, I think it'd be the highest runs chase England's ever got. But they're a one for one hundred and four at the moment, as I said. So they're off to a decent start. Two hundred and sixty-four yeah. in two and a half sessions. I reckon they're they're a bit of a chance. Um, they're, so they're achievable, I would say. It'll be interesting to see. It seems like a pretty flat deck. Um, so look, there's been a few. Well, if Rishab's, if there's anything they got off Rishab, <laughs> trouncing down the wicket. I think it'd have to be somewhat yeah, flat. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, um, and India's bowling attack haven't looked overly potent, although, look, we've said that before, haven't we? And we've been made to look yeah. silly. But just, there's been a couple of really, really good test matches um, played in the last, you know, there was the Gabba test match, obviously. The last match between England and India was, actually, no, the second match of this series was an absolute beauty. It was the Gabba 2.0. Um, so there's been some really good test matches, which is great to see. Um, and outside of that, oh, and also JL's come out for about the eighth time um, to the media and just said, nah, we've jumped on a Zoom. We've I've chatted to all the boys. It's all good. No worries. So there's nothing wrong with Australian cricket because JL's come out and said, nah, she all good, boys. Oh, but did we mention we're worried about Australian cricket? <laughs> <laughs> no, Fuck, that's a shit show i'm scared but, but jail's jail says there's nothing to worry about so don't worry brother that's that's reassuring all right i'm um i feel a little bit better <laughs> uh now we've got a bit of an interesting uh thanks for that tom no, no uh, worries we've got a bit of an interesting topic that we kind of just thought up on the spot once again a bit like don't come monday um 
but we thought we'd actually make a starting five with the top five athletes of the year. So starting five, like a basketball team, but the athletes don't necessarily have to be basketball related. Uh, they can be, they don't have to be. So a basic structure is point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, uh, like a starting five on an NBA squad or a basketball squad. Uh, and we've just named our top five uh, athletes for the year. Um, so Tom, do you want to kick us off with your point guard? With my point guard, I can. So with this one, I was actually torn and I wasn't actually 100% certain if we're allowed to pick um, pick basketballers. So the first one yep. I thought was Nathan Cleary. I just yep. think that he's, the way he sort of just like controlled the games like every game that he's played, whether it be for Penrith yeah. or for the like for New South Wales, he has yeah. just had really great control. He's got such a precise player. He's so accurate with his kicking, his passing, all that kind of gear. Um, yeah. But then I wasn't sure, so I just had to throw Paddy Mills in there as well. His Olympic yeah, effort like with the that. Boomers was it was like actually really quite inspiring for a you know an Aussie who hasn't got around basketball much like i got around it because of patty and matisse theibel they were just awesome and just patty's passion and um just seems like yeah seems like a fucking great schooner too he would be a great schooner i reckon so yeah he was my starting point guard probably over cleary but anyway 50 50 on that one lovely no that's fine so i've gone to an interesting route with my um i've got you can throw just play the point guard small forward um just either way it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter but basically i've gone uh tommy turbo as my point guard guard. um i like the idea of having someone uh who's reliable defensive at that uh, point spot he's a bit bigger a bit more solid uh, and can run the floor, um, and and just create with his his uh his power, mm. and he's just like a bit bit intimidating. Um, so I've gone with Tommy Turbo for hit for my point guard. Yeah, I think that he he's probably the best. He's one of the best, or if not the best, uh, NRL player in the world at this minute. Can I just mention yep. too? In that last game, I just brought this post up. He had. Um, Six line breaks, three tries, two try assists, and 302, uh, 302 metres and 15 tackle breaks yep. in that last game. Yep. And nine that of them is were in one otherworldly. go. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. beat eight or nine players to score a try and did it not like luck of the draw. He did it easily. Yep. He ran around people and ran through people like they were butter. It was, it was genuinely like unreal to watch so it's like, uh yeah tommy turbo is my it's point like he is an under 16s kid playing under 11s at times yeah he's just so good yeah and yeah so i had to go with him too i'm not overly familiar with the basketball um positions or like like i sort of know what a yeah. point guard and a center is and yeah. our forward shooting guard and small forward all just sort of blend in so i went just for the name of it the power forward was turbo just like turbo for nice. all the reasons you said just such a powerful um 
yeah just so explosive and yeah i reckon he yeah i reckon he'd probably be pretty handy give him three weeks to yeah. learn how to play basketball and he'd probably be playing for the birds <laughs> i think he'd be pretty good um and my um, shooting guard look, oh sorry no no you're right you're uh right. my shooting guard was i went joe root I don't know why, but yeah, he's just yeah, doing really was, well. I don't know if he'd be any good in a shooting guard spot, but he nah, has he was really he was one of my picks. Yeah, right. Um, I, he wasn't actually one of my picks, but he was one of the like suggestions that I had yeah. for that shooting yeah. guard position. Great scorer. Um, he's had a rip in the end of the year. Um, Six tons. Proved that he's still part yeah. of the the big boys and needs to be oh. uh, considered one of them. I think he always. is currently he is the biggest boy on form yeah yeah um yeah considering smithy hasn't played cricket for about i swear he hasn't played cricket for longer than he's been but anyway that's another thing um your small forward parks my shooting guard oh your shooting guard guard, sorry yeah is uh i've gone with patrick cantley uh just won two pga championships in a row back to back he um he was behind Bryson DeChambeau, <laughs> suck it, um, for majority of the day. Bryson missed the pub to win uh, win the championship and uh, went to a sixth hole playoff where uh, Patrick just, Bryson would smoke it, but Patrick would just play his game and get it up there and uh, ended up uh, winning that one uh, on the sixth playoff hole. Uh, and then just yesterday, or it was yesterday in America, um, Patrick Cantley won the BMW Tour Championship as well. Um, that one's a little bit controversial because the way that handicaps work in that is absolutely ridiculous. It makes it pretty much impossible for half the players to even reach where Patrick Cantley is. Okay. Um, but because of his form, he went in there with a starting with a ten under handicap. And it ended up with twenty under over the four rounds, and uh, won the comp just then. So I, I, I'm going with Patrick Cantley as my shooter. Accurate, plays his game, knows his role. Uh, so I like it. Yeah. I've never heard of him, but keep on keeping on. Give us your small forward, Parks. Uh, my small forward, and this is the, this is the one that I could have interchanged with point guard um, very easily. But I like the idea of having someone at small forward that can run the point, just kind of orchestrate the offense um and that's tom brady uh one a third uh one is i can't even remember what number he's up to now but one another super bowl um and <laughs> he is just the all-time goat so i'm running him at small forward not bad not bad um i've thing? gone with clayton oliver i was tossing nice. up i was trying to think oh like maybe bont maybe oliver maybe wines like all these sort of blokes but I just thought that Oliver's had a real breakout, um, real breakout year. And as I said, I don't actually yeah. know what the positions really mean. So I went, yeah. uh, Clayton, you can be my small forward. All right, who's your center pass? What about your power forward? I'm a power forward. I had turbo for that one. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. And my center, I've gone with Maxi Gorn. So I've gone the double, the double Ds. Um, oh, I reckon oh, that well Max Gorn just, look, he's going to be a grand final captain, I would have thought. Um, he's led the Melbourne side very, very nicely, and he was the only big man that I could think of off the top of my head. So I went with Gorny. That's fair enough. I have gone 
with uh, Gorney as well. Oh, have you? Uh, and I went Giannis, and I went Giannis at my power forward position. Okay. Uh, Giannis obviously plays power forward, had a massive year, um, and so I'm very, very happy with um, with Giannis at the power forward and Gorney at center. I like it. I like it. Very nice, mate. All right. You got you got um, any other? Got anything else? Anything that's caught your eye over the weekend? No, I think that'll be it. Last time, I'm, 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 uh, I'm fairly well caught up. Actually, I'm fairly happy with where my sporting knowledge is at, and I think Pricey would be pretty proud of my NRL. Yeah, that's not bad. Not bad. For the lifting, so um, we are lifting. And Grailers, uh, make sure you send us a message with any Holy Grail mail that you have that you want to include. Um, we'll get that preview done. Yeah, on we're going to try Thursday and get that preview done on Thursday or Friday night. So, um, well, any, any sort of comments, any opinions, we'd love to get it on. Um, also, I reckon if we share, if you guys share your, uh, our logo and this episode in your Instagram story, you'll go in the running to feature on an episode at some point once lockdown finishes. Like what do you reckon? I Tom? like it a lot. Maybe we'll, um, buy a six pack or something, or maybe yeah. we'll be able to get someone to donate some by then, but look. Get, get some we'll get some prizes. <laughs> Lovely work. All right. Uh, it's great to talk to you, Tom. Always a pleasure, uh, never a chore, It's great to always talk for you guys, uh, Gailers. Uh, enjoy your week. See ya. <laughs>